is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his exact twin, minus being born and raised in Kentucky and his heroic military service and being born to a completely other mother, Kent Chungus. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this call. Never mind. I can't do this episode on this. Oh, hello, Kent. Hi. Hey, Kent. Hey. What has been the most life-threatening weather that you've ever been caught in, would you say? A tornado on two occasions. <gasps> the same tornado? Two Came different back occasions? a couple years well, later. Weird. Yeah. How'd you know it was the same? I just felt it. The tone of it? It was just like, I could tell. I knew it was the yeah. same tornado. Much like Helen Hunt and uh-huh. Bill Paxton and Twister, whenever that tornado that killed her dad came back 40 years later to get her to finish his job. <laughs> and they had to tie each other to the to the well, to the, what was it? A, it was a well, wasn't it? A, yeah, to, to, so they didn't fly away. Yeah, it was the same tornado that killed her dad. Oh, um, terrible. Killer, killer tornado. So you were in, you've been in two tornadoes. Yeah, I was in a in a in a Fazoli's, uh, in the first one in London, Kentucky. I was probably like nine years old. It was with my grandpa, and they made us get under the tables while it ripped a Walmart to shreds. Wow. And we got to watch it all with the lots. It was very scary. Holy for cow. a nine year old. And uh, and yeah, and the second one I guess wasn't that big a deal as the first one. But yeah, I, I'm not really. I was part of a hurricane one time when I went on vacation to Myrtle Beach, but I was inside a motel. And they made, or a hotel, I don't know the difference. And they made us get inside the hallway. Everybody in their rooms go to the hallway and get down. Like, you remember where you'd have to do those drills when you were in school? Yeah. Element? That's what we had to do. Yeah, tornadoes are nothing to mess around with. Hurric- hurricanes are harder to to see coming because it's so big. And it's, it's it, you know, a tornado is like one funnel. And a hurricane is like a funnel you can't see. It's so big, but it's over your head and it's... Like doomsday size, you know. Yeah, to, to, I would say that uh, tornado is one big angry man fucking shit up around town. Yeah. yeah, just swing. Whereas a hurricane is like a thousand uh, little men that are mad and drunk just running around and fucking shit up <laughs> for a longer period of time. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <clears throat> um, so previously I've stated that. I've never been in a situation, weather or predicament-wise, where plans had to change due to some extreme happening, you know, and that's true. Like, I've never been in one where it's like, well, I'm out hunting, and this just happened. I guess I'm stuck here, so I got to survive. That's true. I've never been in a situation like that. But one time, I was sent to a survival camp on Mount Rainier in Washington State. So I would say that my most uh, extreme weather survival third biggest mountain in the United States. Did you know that? Yeah, it's a it's a big old big old monster, and it, and it's serious. I mean, like I I had uh, I had a friend uh, mountain. Uh, well, eh, this is going to be a long episode anyway, so I'm just going to not tell that story. But I had a friend, believe it or not. But I would I would say that. Um, my most extreme weather survival experience was on Mount Rainier. It was three days of freezing cold everything, trying to find things that were dry to wear and eat and burn and how to travel in a country like that. That's all on an angle under your feet, covered in snow and trees for miles and miles. It was, it was rough. Um, in the in yeah it's 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 one of the tallest mountain peaks in the U.S. Uh, easily in the in the top five uh, in the lower forty eight, uh, and on on Mount Rainier there's a place called Snoqualmie Pass. Yeah, and uh, I like how I said that. Like I knew that. <laughs> yep. Well, of course, it, it, Snoqualmie that, Pass. Yep, very that, familiar. <laughs> And when you're when you're when you're in Snoqualmie, and then you go up into there's another place called Paradise, 
on Rainier, um, and you're still in kind of uh, what's the best way to put it? You can you can drive there uh, in a normal car ish, and you could still get a chai like in paradise. That that's that's where that's kind of what you're at there. But to to tell you how serious the mountain is and how much this the is mountain, on Mount Rainier, yeah. At the I like, I like that park. when they take yeah I love it whenever they take a beautiful part that Mother Nature has whittled um, over millions of years and they put a coffee shop on it. That's that's <laughs> that's beautiful. I love capitalism so much. That's me too. And and we yeah. are doing it in spite of nature in this case because check this out. So when you're up in the Paradise area, which is still like really low on Mount Rainier, yeah. re- relatively speaking. The snowfalls on that pass through there can be as much as 41 feet in a season. So the road up there, are they're, they're cut out of the snow. They're cut out of the snow, and you have snow walls next to the, next to the road that are as, as much as 15 feet high at any given time. So you're driving to get a coffee, and nature is like, I don't want you to be here. <laughs> and it wants yeah. to kill you constantly. Yeah. So it's a it's a place. It's a place to be. But for all of its extremeness, it's a common place for people to still visit with their families to hike and bike and you know, the lower the lower strike. portions strike. Um fuck a guy named Mike. That could happen, probably has but it's like it's like the lower commercial component of Himal- the Himalayas or, or Everest. You know, it's like some parts are attainable. Yeah. You know, not all, especially not all. But on on this, many of the trails they'll provide some uh, some of the most amazing views of the surrounding area, and 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 they're relatively accessible uh, by most people. But just like any high mountain peaks, there are parts of the mountain that bend, literally bend our understanding of how crazy things can get. On on Everest, on Rainier, there are 100-foot deep crevasses or cracks that are in the ice floor, and they litter the upper heights of the mountain. And they track along glaciers that flow down the sides of Mount Rainier, just like you've heard of glaciers, you know, on every other giant mountain, the glaciers on Mount Rainier are l- truly massive. The ice depth of the glacier that passes right by White River Campground, which you can go and camp in, the glacier at that point is a thousand feet thick. That's just straight ice down. It's Damn, a thousand feet down. That is massive. I had a mountaineering friend who um, was climbing Mount Mount Rainier. What? <laughs> of course you did. Well, well I, I have I a always, mountaineering friend. Yeah, I have. A, <laughs> you said well, that like he does taxes. Well, I, yeah, I mean, he's like. Yeah, a we've all got mountaineering friends. <laughs> he's a I can count five on one hand. <laughs> I have a he's mountaineering a, friend. He's a guide, so like that's his job. But uh, this one time he was climbing with with one of his climbing partners on Mount Rainier, and they were up. They were they were going to summit, and they're going along, and suddenly he loses traction, and he can't get his pickaxes in. That he's tethered to his partner, who's up a, ahead of him a couple hundred feet on the rope. They're tethered together. He loses traction with his crampons, which are the big. I steal spiky things on your feet. He starts sliding back down the mountain. He can't get his pickaxes in to stop him or anything. Goes over the edge of a crevasse and just starts heading down this crevasse. All the while, he's pulling his partner down the mountain. Mm, I saw this on Cliffhanger. Yeah, but get this. This is what a lot of people don't know is his partner has a couple options. He can either... He goes on his stomach and then he starts slapping in his ice, his pickaxes, ice axes, trying to stop the, the speed so he can get it under control so they both don't go hurtling to their death. Or he can cut the rope and save his own life. Yeah. But the thing you never want to do if you're the one being pulled down by somebody else and you're tethered 
is you don't want to try to plant your feet because those crampons will just stick. And the moment they stick, it breaks both of your legs. Yeah. <laughs> but he did a, that. Start walking like an ostrich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he did that. He, he, land, he stuck both of his legs, broke both of his legs, stopped the fall, though. And my, my, part, my, my friend had to climb up off the rope, out of the crevasse, and then they both had to make it back down the mountain. Double broken legs. I, I thought mean, you were going like, to say that, like, right as he went over the edge, your friend, your friend's buddy, like, grabbed him by his hand, and they, like, <laughs> swung, and they looked, and there's, like, a single drop of sweat, and they looked at each other in the eyes, and then your buddy looked at him while he was dangling and said, just drop me. <laughs> Save yourself, Johnny. <laughs> nope. No, nope, not in this case. But it, And it then, got- like, he started slipping, like, oh, God, their fingers, <laughs> they were wet. They started slipping, and he said, never, Randy. <laughs> it would have been never, Glenn. And then it turned out he did slip, <laughs> but their depth perception was off, and it was actually just like a six-foot drop into some... <laughs> Boonk. <laughs> oh, that wasn't that bad. All right. Come on, Glenn. Um, They're still at the base. There is a book and a movie made called Into the Void, which is is very similar to what my friend went through, but even worse. You should check that out if you haven't ever watched it. It 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 ruined two mountaineers' friendship. Uh, it's worth listening or watching to watching to or reading or whatever. Anyway, so this all leads us to today, where we're going to dig into the Civil War down in Florida. Yeah, I figured that would. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no. no the no. Civil War in Florida. You, when you brought up Mount Rainier, <laughs> I immediately assumed this was about the Civil War in Florida. Because whatever you first talk about, go the exact opposite, both in location and time frame. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I learned my lesson. Today we're not going. Yeah, we'll see. Ugh. <coughs> <coughs> uh. I'm just kidding. Today we're heading back to Mount Rainier to a part of the trail where two soccer moms, correct that, lacrosse moms, took their sons and daughters up for a day hike to a waterfall in the Snoqualmie region. Rainier has portions of the mountain that are covered in snow year-round, but... (coughs) (coughs) Jeez. (coughs) But some of the areas reveal the ground and trails as warmer weather approaches, so, you know, it's not snowy everywhere such was the case in remember the remember the time of year they're up there on mount rainier in late august of 2009 and some of the trails were clear and if you were determined enough you could hike to where the trails were visible as well as be right there near a significant amount of snowfall still uh everything was going great The mothers, teenage boys, were scampering about as if they were rare snow chickens, and their younger daughters were staying close beside their mothers like fledgling snow bees, clinging to the hive. All was fine. And then a horrendous sound made everything not fine. Are you out of breath? Kind of. I had to set this next. You're just sitting in a reading, and you sound like you're climbing Mount Rainier right now. I'm sweating because I'm still He's sick. So I'm sweating. sweating like it's the most cardio you've gotten in like four years. <laughs> reading scripts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to, I had to set this next part up. So I know it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. It gets more exciting. It was all fine, and then a horrendous sound made everything not fine. It sounded like a... Oh, that didn't work. Oh, you're doing a sound effect, fucks. Oh, why can't you hear it? Can you hear that? I can, but I'm sure it's fine. It was the yay sound effect. Surely not. Dang it. (laughs) Oh... Um, anyway, it sounded, oh, that didn't work. I know. Uh, I'm bummed. All right. Well, we'll just move on. Just kidding. 
Just kidding. It didn't see now. It doesn't make sense. Now my joke doesn't make sense because you couldn't hear the thing. But and then I say, just kidding. Dot dot dot. It sounded like a giant ice shark biting into a dead ice whale with its ice teeth like this. But it wasn't a shark. It was a whole bunch of ice falling from the roof of a cave-like ice peanut butter that had been stuck on the roof of an ice giant's mouth for a month. But in this case, the ice peanut butter also had a few nuts in it. Teenage boy nuts. And so, and so like any other mother would, as soon as it happened... They called 911, and this is where our story begins. Hang tight. There are ice sharks everywhere. You know what? I never do this, Kent. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this call. Never mind. I can't do this episode on this. The 911 call for this is over an hour long, and everything that I've written down is just me complaining about the mom on the phone, the victim's mom. She was literally a hindrance to the dispatch the whole way through, constantly wanting to hang up on the dispatchers to call people like her husband and her son and all these other people. Take pictures for the gram. She actually lied about what was going on when the dispatcher told her to make sure nobody else is trying to go into the cave to rescue them. She knew there were people doing just that, but she refused to tell the dispatcher because she wanted to move things along, putting more and more people in jeopardy. That's what this lady was doing. Now, let me ask My, you, are the kids buried or are they in a are they in a cave? They're buried. They're like in a cave, an ice cave in August. But wh- I guess what I'm, still, what I'm asking you is, are they encapsulated yes. on all sides by snow or are See, they are they like stuck in a cave because the front of the cave has caved in? No, this cave is 100 feet deep, and they were in the front part of the cave, and like any dumb teenager, they go into the cave, and they're like, and they listen to their echo, but they don't realize that echoes are vibrations, Yeah, and they vibrated the, the ceiling of the ice cave down onto them, and so that part of the cave crumbled down, and there was still like 80 feet of cave behind them. So they're in that- like a room. A very no, they're cold... under the ice. In it, it fell oh, right so they're on top actively of suffocating while she's doing yeah. all this. Yeah. Okay. But there's also cave behind them that hadn't collapsed yet, and the dispatcher was telling them, "We don't want anybody else going near there because they'll get crushed too." The ca- it's August. That cave is just going to keep collapsing. Yeah. And she knew that there were people over there helping. She knew she was sending people there. And every time the dispatcher asked her, is there anybody over there? She would say, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Because she was just so desperate for her own needs. She didn't care. And I made a whole call. I made a whole episode about complaining about this victim's mom who's calling. And she bothers me to the point. She bothers me to like breast milk mom level. You remember her? Is that the one where the woman? No, I don't remember her. She called formula lady. She called. She called nine one one because she ran out of formula. Oh well, yeah. that one didn't bother me. Oh, it bothered me to to no end. And this lady bothered me just the same. So I wrote a whole episode around her. She knew that she was putting people's lives in jeopardy. They were two miles in on this trail. She was demanding that there be a helicopter and yeah. all this. She's making demands like she's. Like it's a hostage situation? Yeah, she made it all about her. When she wouldn't stop freaking out on the call and telling the dispatcher that she was going to pass out, the dispatcher then focuses all of her attention on this lady because she's the only one on the phone. And she's trying to get her to not pass out because they need somebody on scene to help guide the massive crews that are trying to get there up the trail. And she refuses to do anything that the dispatcher told her to help her not, quote, pass out. And she did this for an hour. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post in the description. I'm going to post the 911 call for that. And you can go and listen to it yourself because I think I just did enough. <laughs> go listen to it yourself. All right. I'll see you in an hour. No, but but I think I can I can resurrect this episode. Okay. I, I've got another one. Okay. We'll, play, we'll just play this one. And I've got all the detail on it and everything, so it'll still be fun. Okay. So maybe I did just shift from 
the Civil War to Florida to Rainier to Terrell Ho Owens' house. Okay. <laughs> but everything it's is fine. Going exactly the way I anticipated it would. Uh, I somehow I, knew when you started talking about Mount Rainier that by the end of this, we would be talking about Terrell Owens. As as is always the case, right? Uh, I feel better about this because I really I, – I was like – I was like this isn't an episode. It's not an episode if I, I just sink my teeth into a victim's mom, although she's a terrible person. But did the boys survive? Okay. The boys survive. Oh, that was the other part of it. An hour-long phone call you'll listen to and then at the end, the dispatcher – the dispatcher just tells her, I'm going to hang up on you and somebody else is going to call you because she was so unhelpful. And she kept handing the phone to this other lady who was actually more helpful, but then she kept taking her phone back and being this giant wet blanket. And the lady kept saying, she kept telling her, please, please put Chrissy back on the phone. Put Chrissy back on the phone. She can't. She's talking. She's trying to call her husband on her phone. Well, the the rescue people are trying to call her on her cell phone. So she needs to get off the phone. This is our line of communication, right? And she's like, she can't. She can't. She's calling other people. Just, ooh. But I made a whole episode about her. And so I'll just leave the 911 call for you to listen to. It's an hour excruciating uh, a giant Karen who she's proud to say at this point, don't worry. The son survived. They got out. Once, once rescue got there, they dug him out. They survived, and and Joni will tell you that she's proud to say that her son is now back to playing lacrosse. He's playing. He's back to playing lacrosse. Okay. All oh. right. So, what about Terrell Owens? Okay, Terrell Owens is another whole bag of chips. In this case, August fourth, twenty twenty two, which is only oh wow just this. This is this year. A few months ago. A few months ago. Terrell? 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 Terrell Logan? Terrell. Terrell, Terrell? Terrell Owens. He's an inside outback on a ball <clears throat> team. Philadelphia Bagels and then the Buffalo Cowboys. I don't think it's the He was bagels. on the Super Eagles. He was on the Antifa Seahawks. Uh, and he uh, even played in, the can- in Canada for the Eskimos. Right. Uh, the FCF fan-controlled football. He was on the Knights of Deegan. That's true. And he was really hoping to be on the Zappers. And mm-hmm. then finally he OD'd on hydrocodone, and then he moved into a neighborhood. He played on, like, every national football team that's ever existed. And what's funny is everything I said after FCF, so th- everything I'm about to say again is 100% true. I messed, I, I think I might have messed up a couple of the, the teams, ball yeah. teams that he was, sports games, play teams he was on, but... He was part of the fan-controlled football league, FCF. He was on a team called the Knights of Deegan. Which sounds like a LARPing community. Yeah, or like a Dungeons and Dragons group or something, right? But, and he was really hoping to be on the Zappers. (laughs) Which sounds like a a bug cleanup crew that comes in It sounds like if you asked me to name a football team, that's what the New Zealand Zappers. I'm a Zappers (laughs) because that's what you do with the football, right? You zap people, Uh, and then and then truth, truth. Also, he finally he OD'd on hydrocodone, and then he moved into a neighborhood, and all of that's true. All of that, and that's where this call (laughs) starts to take place. You ready? is this the worst episode I've ever made? Probably. I like it. Here's here's call here's call part number one. Tell me if you can hear this. Okay. I can hear the uh, like the ghost of it. Crap. It's right. like it's like um, I can hear that the way you can get the hint of cinnamon buns from a bakery three like three. <laughs> blocks away. <laughs> okay, let me think. Let me think here for a second. This is good. This is terrible. It's good content. Because... Uh, all right, one sec. 
all these, put them here. Okay, I gotta just. <sighs> Come on. And in the future, can you hear this? Should probably be a question best asked before we record. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we had technical difficulties that just appeared out of nowhere this morning, like cancer. Yeah. You're like, I hear an echo, and we're, we were both dumbfounded. And then it went away, and now my stuff's not... Oh, I hate life. I hate, this. I hate podcasting. All right. Tell me if you can hear this. Ah. Uh, come on. Play. Ah. Uh. Hold on. <laughs> Sucks. Hold on. Hold on. Imagine being a listener. Well, they're going to get a cut down version of this probably. Maybe not. (laughs) One sec. I'm just processing these MP3s. Oh, this is so stupid. This whole thing's been a shit show. All right. One sec. I have to tell you, I have to admit, I think the echo problem, believe it or not, was on my end. Wow. It had, it has something to do with the roadcaster. I updated the firmware yeah. on it yesterday. And I, and while you were gone, I was like, that's the only thing that's changed. So I went in and was, was messing with some of the settings. And I noticed one of the settings had just turned, changed itself from up when I, after I've updated the firmware change the setting back and suddenly your echo's gone. But now you can't hear anything I'm doing on it. So that's yeah. great. All right. I think this will work now. All right. Here's call number one. Okay. Here's call number one. Uh, this is this is a, a woman calling 911 about... Terrell, Terrell, Terrell. Oh, is this like the call, like the emergency is a black man is in my neighborhood? (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) Here we go. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Uh, I'm in my neighborhood. It's on Valeros Boulevard. There's a car that's uh, aggressively driving and almost hit me and then got out of his car to threaten me. He's in a green Genesis. He's an African-American individual. The Genesis two-door or four-door? Uh, four-door. Did you get a tag number? I did not. Any weapons on him? I'm sorry? Any weapons on him? I, I don't know. He got out of his car. Outside, I didn't. Uh, did you get the uh, license plate? I did not. Okay. Uh, which he got was out of the car and started threatening me. Where was he last seen? Uh, on the Valero Boulevard right by the, our clubhouse. You know which way he was going? He was going, what direction was he going? I don't know, north maybe. Uh, Valero Boulevard. Did you want to be with an officer? Yes, please. Okay. What is your name? What is the phone number you're calling me from? Thank you. Where are you going to be? Uh, I'll just wait outside the mailbox. He's outside the clubhouse. He was literally speeding and then got mad at me because we were crossing on the sidewalk and he nearly hit us. Outside, outside the clubhouse. Okay. I'll put a call in. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Two things. So. Yeah. One, I remember when this happened. And as I'm hearing this, I'm a little irritated because I, knowing better, just went on what the media reported. Mm -hmm. And the media never reported any of this. They made it sound like this woman just, oh, there's a black man in the neighborhood. Naturally, they leave out a lot of details. I didn't know any of this until just now when I heard this. But two, that being said, um, to any time, if I was a 911 operator, 911 operator, 
anytime somebody called and said, I'm right outside our clubhouse, I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I just can't care. Sorry. And then I would hang up. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'd agree with that. I agree with right that. Right outside the clubhouse of our top tier neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we can't can't even get in there. Sorry, there's yeah. nothing we can do. You guys should deal with that, I guess. Well, there's a black man in here. The, the the part that I I was like, hang on, this can't be true. Um, was that Terrell Owens was driving a Genesis, which is a Hyundai. A Hyundai, yeah. But I also went through and did the custom build on a 2022 Genesis G90. They start at $88,400. So, okay, now it makes sense. This I mean, it's a nice vehicle. It could, be, it could be a very nice vehicle. Very nice vehicle. Um, so now everything's back in, back in play. Um, so apparently, allegedly, T.O., as I'm going to call him from now on because we're friends, um, he's driving willy-nilly through his own neighborhood at a high rate of speed and almost hits... This woman, but she also said we were walking through the crosswalk when we almost yeah, got Yeah, she hit. met her chihuahua that's wearing a gold um, collar. You'll also find that there was no other witness who said, I'm the we part of this thing. There was yeah. like no other report from anyone else except for her. Okay. Um, so let's move on because T.O. was T.O.'d. About this, and so uh, she she's identified that a black man was in her neighborhood. So Tio does what Tio's probably smart to do, and that's hits record on his phone when he gets out of the car. So here's here's how that goes. Are you ready for me to press play? Yeah. But you didn't have to get out of your fucking car. You didn't have to talk to me that way either, Karen. A white woman. First of all, you had your your boy right here, your oh, husband oh, right here. So first of all, I don't do that type okay, of stuff. Relax. You did. You put your car in park and you came uh, at yeah, me. I did. I, first of all, I didn't come at you. Yes, you, can, you did. You can stop all of that, Karen. Okay, listen. Get out of here with all of that. He literally came after me. Here she crying. There's Karen. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Swear to God, I've never been a part of nothing like this. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it. But this is firsthand. Oh boy, as she's crying. Oh my God, this is this is real. This is real. This is real. The plot thickens, and now I'm right back to where I started. (laughs) Fuck this woman. (laughs) Can't believe you're recording me. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm right back to loving To again. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, it continues. T.O. continues to uh, record this uh, Karen in the wild uh, and and her what's turning out to be a, an evolving racial. <laughs> yeah, that was, there was uh, some very racist undertones. <laughs> You're a black man approaching. What is that? Hold up. <laughs> Let, like the, the record. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Okay. All right. Here's He's the handling part. this so well, though. I know. Well, I He's handling it better if, than I would be. Did you ever watch Punked? With yeah, with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Um, Punked w- w- was my first experience with watching celebrities. Um, that I was like, wow, they must all get like the same kind of training, which is. You're a celebrity, and if you want to keep your money, you need documentation. When something starts going down, you need to document and you need yeah. to shut your mouth. Yeah, that's what you need to do. You need yeah. to not do anything because if you watch Punk, that's all it was. Is just a bunch of celebrities that are like, "What's going on right now? What's going?" But they could be like, "Do you know who my father is?" But none of them did that. And by the way, you know? I'm, I'm guessing in this neighborhood, there's a lot of people that would say, "Do you know who my father is?" Yeah, if you've got a clubhouse. Yeah, or they're the ones that say, I am so-and-so's father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they are the T.O. isn't living in a mobile home park. This is, no. This no. is upscale white suburbia. Yeah. So, okay, here's, here's T.O. continuing his recording of the Karen in the neighborhood. Here we go. I was speeding through the neighborhood. He was not. I was in the garage. You're lying now because I was sitting in the garage. She, she 
Bro, she just brought them tears out. She just brought those tears out. Before he got before she got here, she was it was fuck you, this, fuck you, that, everything. Oh yeah, before I got here, it was all of that. The police showed up. Oh, they the the, the tears start flowing. They were supposed to start finding them for profiling. Oh, man, it's all good. So then she said I went after it. I was like, no, nah, I came over here because you said you was calling 911. You was calling the police. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to sit right here and wait till the police come. They thought I was just going to bow down and listen to all that mess. Okay. Then, she, then she, you heard what she said? I came after her. I came after her. Her husband right there, but I came after her. This is unbelievable. She said I came after her. Come on. Oh, you just said it. You came after me. You're talking to me, not to her anymore, right? All right. Just relax. I'm good. I'll do that. Like, like I told her, if you yell at somebody, people bound to respond. It's... But it, And I think what the cop is saying right there is, hey, you're a celebrity. The moment you start escalating, people see dollar signs. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, I just keep picturing the husband of this woman. And oh. I just I just know he's got really high pulled up like khaki pants. They're like all the way up his asshole. And he's wearing <laughs> Sperry's and his his polo, his Ralph Lauren shirt is tucked into his pants and he's and whenever he's trying to interrupt Terrell, he's like, oh, "Listen, boy, can I call you boy?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and in this case, what what is the happenings with the husband? Is he's all of those things, but he's also the kind of guy that qualifies to live in that neighborhood because he knows how to do math, and he's like, "This isn't going to work out in our favor." cowardly so he's like, jellyfish spine man that isn't gonna yeah. look at his wife and go can you shut the fuck up you sound like it he literally is existing <laughs> he's existing so she he keeps going you need to go in the house you need to go in the house to her he's trying to get her in the house because she's now race baiting the situation yeah. and the second the one thing that annoys me uh, about Women like this in particular is when the camera comes on, they crank up the waterworks. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, I better start crying. Yeah. This is money on the table now in yeah. her mind. You know, Terrell, T.O. Is, is being caught doing something and she's turning it on because there's a lawsuit pending now. All right. One more, one more round of T.O.'s uh, recordings. Here we go. But you heard what she said. She said I came after her. You heard that yourself, but then I just said it, and she said she didn't say it. She said, I came after her. Really? And then he wanted why I call her Karen. Quit calling. That's what Karens do. Sir, I'm not going to get anywhere out of trying to, again, touch her. Her husband was right there or whatever. For what? But she's not going to talk to me crazy and then tell me I'm doing something that I wasn't doing and then get over here and get a reaction. She wasn't doing no crime before you got here. Soon as she started, I guess, giving her side of the story, the, the, the tears came down. Anything else you need from us? Man, no, man. I just wanted to make sure because I knew at some point y'all were going to come to my door. So I just stayed right here till y'all got here. Appreciate it. So I don't know why she thought I was going to run somewhere, but she wasn't finna sit up here and talk to me crazy, this and that. Yeah, fuck you, this and that. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. He sounds level-headed. He sound, yeah. He's being respectful. It's it's now hearing this part. You set me up a little bit there with that first call. I feel <laughs> like, but now it, it is one million percent clear who is in the wrong here. He's like, this guy's just trying to chill, and but she's. Being I think a what's spy. really hard about this is imagine, imagine, because he's in a very awkward predicament. Because that nine one one call sets the tone, right? It sets a narrative. They show up. What if he hadn't stayed and gotten out of his car and he had just headed home? The narrative might have been extended and confirmed because he did all this stuff that she said on the 911 call. And then he's absent. Yeah. You're he, right. He, he, is, he left the scene of a, of a crime, uh, you know, plus black. 
That doesn't look good. Right. So his options are stay and get berated by a white woman who turns on the waterworks when the cops get there or finish pulling into his driveway <laughs> and then settle this later after she's completed the narrative to the cops and then they show up to his door. This is like, it seems like a lose-lose. Uh, you know, he's he's really... Got, it's like this woman was designed in the... Whatever factory that creates humans, the woman that was that designed this woman had that cut that's really high in the back and gets gradually longer as it gets towards the front. <laughs> like, that's the God that created this woman. <laughs> yeah. If Kirkland and Ellis, which is a law firm, could produce babies, this lady would have been produced by a law firm. Just a lawsuit. Walking oh. lawsuit. Anyway, all right, so here's how things went down. According to her statement, Karen, I'm sorry, okay, Caitlin Davis was almost hit but T.O. by T.O. while T.O. was cruising around his neighborhood. Because that sounds like something that T.O. would probably do. He, he likes to cruise his white neighborhood. Yeah. Probably, probably not. Um, okay, uh, she swears he was speeding, and he denied it. Oh, uh, you see a picture of this that, woman? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so just... She's everything. <laughs> she's, she's, she's the whole it's lookbook. It's so on the head. Yeah, it's she's so... the lookbook. <laughs> yeah. My guess is that Caitlin doesn't have crap-like reflexes and that T.O. was probably driving a car similar to a speeding bullet on meth, so the likelihood of T.O. speeding and her getting out of the way in time would be unlikely. Also, where in the heck was she standing for her to almost be hit by a speeding car? Yeah. You know, like, this is a neighborhood. This isn't like a freeway. So, um, and then also ads. God damn it. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I'm just going to hit you with like a guerrilla warfare. <laughs> Here's ads because we have to pay the bills. Banzai! <laughs> Okay, we're back. Those were some great ads. They probably had my voice in them, and I probably spoke too long. They were probably like three minutes, so I apologize. But we love our sponsors. Don't we, Kent? You do, yeah. (laughs) All right. The situation in this case escalated when T.O. stepped out of his car, apparently, and suddenly his neighbor, the Karen, Caitlin, suddenly recognized T.O. as a black man approaching a white woman. So she screams, you didn't have to get out of your effing car. You're a black man approaching a white woman. Um, she was worried that she might probably get reverse vitiligo from contact with the stranger from next door, whom she previously only knew as Terrell Owens, and who she and her husband had already performed a background check upon once they got confirmation from T.O.'s real estate agent that they had, in fact, purchased the home she had up until that moment only known Tio's background check information, his gross income, including endorsement deals, his marital status, just in case she could identify a flaw and work her way in to become Caitlin Owens. <laughs> but that was it. It wasn't until she stepped at, he stepped out of the car that she realized that he was a black man and that black men aren't allowed to approach white women neighbors who don't fully know how to extract lawsuit money, alimony, child support, or losses due to pain and suffering for almost being hit, but not really because that didn't happen at all, actually. The cops showed up. It took them about no minutes to charge Caitlin with a misdemeanor after Broward County authorities found that she filed a false police report against T.O., Karen Caitlin's offenses were a second-degree misdemeanor, and a court date was filed for this month, so it's still, I guess, probably pending. She could potentially face jail time for her fake report. Can you imagine this woman in jail? (laughs) As somebody who has worked in the jail system, the idea that this woman is going to go to—oh, that makes me smile. She's going to learn the oranges and the new black in a whole new way, Yeah, I think, in there. T.O. said, quote, if the roles were reversed, they would be going to the fullest extent of the law to charge me. And I don't think he's wrong there. Um, he made an appearance uh, in an interview on News Nation. Uh, he went on to say, it doesn't matter what type of neighborhood you're in. This is the reality of the life of a black American. And 
I, I think I have to agree when it comes to neighborhoods like that, the, the shell, the level of bubble and shelter and money is, is almost staggering. I think, the, well, the yeah, things. I would agree with him with rich neighborhood. I mean, I don't agree with him at all with all neighborhoods. No, I mean, no, I don't the, either, the neighborhood that you, I agree in that I live in is black Mexican and white and everybody yeah. here gets along great. It's. I think you move into a white gated neighborhood and I think you have two types of white people. You have you have white people that won't would never say anything racially charged because of their finger on the pulse of what's politically correct and incorrect and then you have the other half of it which are quietly thinking that the neighborhood is going to crap. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which sucks is both of those are terrible ways to live. You yeah. know, yeah. Can, like, can we just not be in extremes? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, why can't you just be cool? Uh, like we are. You know, we should start yeah. a neighborhood and you know what? We should start a neighborhood and only invite black people just to show. Whoa! Just to show. Right? No. No. We invite twenty five percent black people. Twenty five percent Asian people. Yes. Twenty five percent Spanish people. And then an Eskimo. A hundred percent white people. Some hundred <laughs> percent. So it, so the neighborhood looks like an active shoot of a McDonald's commercial. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everyone 50% is percent like, gay people. We need a few Muslims. A hundred and fifty percent gay people and fifty percent more gay people. Boobs. Ah, uh, you got flashed just yeah. now. You know what's My funny is, is when, best. when your studio door opens, it reminds me of uh, uh, Poltergeist when the TV comes on and it glows half of their face and then they look at it. Yeah, that's how it looks because <laughs> you look like you're looking into the void, like. I was looking into the best void on earth just then. (laughs) When my wife raises her shirt, I I behave like one of the kids in It whenever Pennywise gets him in the lots. (laughs) (laughs) You know how he opens his mouth and the lots come out of his throat and they just (laughs) go. Well, what my wife does, she loves flashing me at inopportune times. Yeah, like this. Yeah. You should let her know, too. This is another fun thing that I don't think she knows is you have re- highly reflective glasses. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a good- <laughs> <laughs> So this is the gift that just keeps on I'm going to let her know that you like her titties. <laughs> also, yeah, compliment her on her breasticles yeah. and then tell – and then I recommend, highly recommend you never get contacts. She worked at Hooters for a long – for like 10 years, so. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> No, I didn't see anything, maybe. Oh, man. I'll send you pictures after we get done. That was... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we'll trade. Yeah. <laughs> got him, got him, need him, got him, got him, need him. That's Little Monsters that you just did yeah, there with Howie is. Mandel. <laughs> exactly. He's looking at baseball cards. I wish I wasn't such a loser. <laughs> Oh, I feel like this has been a roller coaster, but I I do have a nine one one call happy ending, which is what they call we call them on this show. After we've done all the racially charged stuff, let's go ahead and get it over with because I want to get upstairs. Yeah, me. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I want you to get upstairs. I feel like we both benefit from this somehow. All right, here's the happy ending. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay, here. I am ready. That's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs>
Ma'am, what's your name? Monica Wilson. Okay, do you have a hammer with you? Sit down? I sure do. I got a motherfucking Okay, can you put the hammer down? No, I can't put no hammer down. Get the motherfucker officer out here. Listen, what? Y'all want to pass them off and be living a motherfucking kid ass, put me in jail? Well, so be it. Put me in jail because I'm about to beat this motherfucking brains out. I bought him in this motherfucking world. I'll take his motherfucking ass out. Okay, so listen. You get an officer here or I'm going to kill this motherfucker. So you better do it and move it. Listen. Hey there. And let me say something about this. Yeah. As, yes. as the father of a 15-year-old... We've all been there. <laughs> I was going to say. I identify I, with this woman so hard. Me too. I was processing when I listened to this call. I was processing it going, there is no situation on earth where the same thing could happen between two separate dynamics. Like a man and a woman, forget it. Yeah. A woman and a man, forget it. Yeah. Two children, forget nope. it. A parent and a kid, a teenager, Hundred percent all day long, <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, "Go, lady, go, get him, lady. mama, <laughs> beat him." <laughs> Brought you For into this motherfucking us. world, and I'll take. You. My mom used to tell me that all the time. I love that one. I shouldn't, but I do because I relate. Like I feel like every swing of that hammer, she'd be doing it in the name of all of us. Like it's like a, yeah. it was like it, it would have been like a an urban braveheart. We all would have been like. Yeah! Like every time she raised the hammer, the spirits of all of her neighbors and mothers would go. Into it. Exactly, like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, I thought that was fun. Well, this has been a real mess, but I feel like I feel like it wasn't as messy as the Shakespeare episode. I think it reason. ultimately ended up being a lot of fun. Yeah, I was a mess though. That being said, I really I've got to get upstairs. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I love you. I'm so going much. for the happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hugs everybody. Bye. <laughs>